Okay, welcome back to another prime time edition of the Dungeon of Doom. Joined by Ben Raven, as always. I'm kind of like, we are the Lion Speed here. M Live, we are actually sitting about one foot from each other <laughs> in a hotel room in beautiful and scenic Noblesville, Indiana. I had to look it up, Ben, just to make sure I had the name right. Noblesville, Indiana. I think when I talk to people about the job that I do, and I think it's glamorous, they're traveling <laughs> to New York and Seattle and LA. I don't think they ever really picture the acreage of cornfields yeah. that we drove through today to get to Noblesville, Indiana for joint practices nearby between the Lions and Colts this week. When we got to the hotel room, my girlfriend Elaine texted me, send me a photo from your window of the hotel room. Oh, you want to see the Home Depot parking lot? <laughs> All right, I will show you a photo of the Home Depot parking lot and my glamorous lifestyle on the road. Yeah, I was trying to tell a couple of my close friends pretty recently. We were talking about the job and uh, obviously I had this trip coming up and I'm like, it's not that this trip is so bad. It's that I make this trip for what feels like a week every single year to Indianapolis, which is about a half hour away. And it's not just that we go to Indianapolis every year for a week, Then We go to Indianapolis for a week every year in the middle of February, end of February. Yeah. And it's just, it's just not pleasant. And I have nothing against the good people of Indiana, oh. but I've spent a lot of my life here and I'm back in Noblesville in the middle of a bunch of cornfields, getting ready to cover <laughs> some joint practices. The joint practices will be enjoyable and I'm yeah. looking forward to a different uh, throttle in camp, but we're back. We're one foot from each other. We did have the luxury, Ben, of taking in, I thought, a pretty riveting episode yeah. of Hard Knocks. And, and that's what we're talking about tonight, breaking it down. A lot of interest out there after the first episode, which I thought was pretty good as well. I think there were no surprises in the first episode last week, Ben, where they talked a lot about the coaching staff. They really spotlighted Dan Campbell, which doesn't surprise either of us because we know Dan Campbell <laughs> and the shit he says and it was going to be made for HBO. It's a big reason why the Lions were selected in the first place. We saw all that groundwork being laid in the first episode, along with the coaching staff. Episode two kind of shifted to the players, Ben, and I thought there were some really riveting moments where you saw you had the cameras inside the meeting rooms. You saw Deuce Staley, the running backs coach, assistant head coach, one of the, I would say, stars of episode one, but instead of seeing him going at it with his fellow coaches, yeah. you saw him going after DeAndre Swift. You saw Kelvin Shepard going after the linebackers for getting outplayed by sixth round rookie linebacker in Malcolm Rodriguez. You saw a lot of Amon Rasein Brown and his family, Frank Ragnow. I'm just curious, Ben, what was your big takeaway from episode two? What really stood out to you from what we saw tonight with the spotlight yeah. shifting to the players? The Deuce Staley tough love relationship with DeAndre Swift. Uh, you know, we got hints that, I mean, Deuce is a tough love kind of guy, just judging by the year I spent covering him out there. But, I mean, he kind of dropped hints at it over the summer when talking to us, saying he's trying to teach DeAndre Swift the difference between hurt and injured. And a lot of people took that as, like, a harsh thing to say. But he's it's a 10-year NFL veteran running back. He's trying to teach this kid how to get it done because, as you heard in tonight's episode, he believes this kid can be the best in the NFL. He, he thinks he can beat anybody with the ball in his hands one-on-one -on -one, in the passing game, in the running game. And you see those tough love moments. I mean, you talked about the meeting room moments. Those are the moments from tonight's episode that it was a player-led episode. It was great to see that stuff. But Kelvin Shepard and Deuce Staley in those meeting rooms, that's just really good stuff. I mean, Deuce Staley, we actually got to look at a preseason game. Change of pace thing. DeAndre Swift's nine-yard opening drive touchdown run bounces it outside makes a nice little reading goes outside and goes to the sideline and what happens 
Deuce Daly is in his grill on him. Let's have a coaching moment. You're going to coach me on this. What were you supposed to do? Go inside. Stop trying to make a play on every play. You're going to make plays by just being out there. You know, stay disciplined, stay disciplined. It's really nice to just see things that we're not used to seeing like that, like on the sideline, in the meeting room, seeing how these guys feed off of each other. How does he talk to him? Obviously, I'm sure he's aware there's a camera rolling, but like we said last week, everything about these guys feels authentic and genuine. Nothing is played up. That's the deuce we've seen every day for a year with HBO out there or not. And um, those coach meeting room shots are just fantastic. It's always some of the highlights of hard knocks i feel like it didn't disappoint in episode two and i'm with you to me the most re revealing moments if you will were staley going after deandre swift in the meeting room and also on the sideline let's take the meeting room first right uh, he's got up on the board a play a, a cut up from practice where deandre swift bounces a run to the outside he gets to the second level along the boundary he's closing on the you know inside the 10 yard line and instead of challenging deshaun elliott the safety one-on-one -on -one in the shadow of the end zone, he just runs out of bounds. And so Staley is going after him for not giving more effort, not giving him a stiff arm, for not trying to make something happen because he's so damn electric. And, and to your point, Ben, he's always couching his criticism in this huge amount of praise. He obviously has great esteem for DeAndre Swift and what he can do, how electric he is. We can all see it, but it's so clear the Lions think there's more there that's untapped. And you saw it again in the preseason game. I just find it really, this This to me as a beat writer who covers the team and is really familiar with all the things that happen yeah. and, and so forth, it, like, it gives you a respect for we still only understand so much. Because because when you're up in the press box and you see this great first drive from Jared Goff and from the offensive line and the rushing lanes that were there, I think it was 10 plays, 78, 79 yeah. yards. You're breaking off damn near eight yards every single time you step the ball. And then you see the electric running back run a nine-yard touchdown in. That all seems great. Yeah. But then you watch Hard Knocks <laughs> and you understand they've been like riding this guy hard, stay inside, stay disciplined, bleep, bleep, stay disciplined, <laughs> like over and over. And... Yeah, they actually pulled Swift out of that first drive. And when he came back to the sidelines, Daly is stay inside, stay disciplined. Like that, it's going to be there. You don't have to try to make a home run happen on every play because it's going to happen because yeah. you're that good. Stay disciplined, read your keys. They send him back out there. DeAndre Swift scores a touchdown, but doesn't. St <laughs> he still doesn't stay inside. So in that moment, he, he did a good play. But the Lions staff clearly think... They, they, they clearly think, hey, like there's a better way to do it that's going to lead to more consistent success, and this is what we need out of you. And this, to me, Ben, I know I'm getting a little long-winded here, but I like this aspect of Hard Knocks because it just gives you further context and evidence of the things you're already hearing. DeAndre Swift has been here for two full seasons already, and this stuff doesn't surprise anyone who's been around the team because Swift is really good. Mm. The Lions also believe there's so much more there than he's giving. There's, I know there's some frustration about him not playing through some nicks and bruises and things like that. The team believes that he could have played through some of the stuff that he hasn't played through in the past. He missed almost all of his rookie training camp with an injury, almost all of his second training camp with another injury. Um, you know, they've kind of watched his workload a little bit this year because of that kind of stuff. They want to set him up for a good season. They love... DeAndre Swift, they just think he can be more than what he is. And I think the second episode of Hard Knocks really did a great job of giving you a bird's eye view into that dynamic. Yeah, no, absolutely well said, just because we see the things, like you said, we see the things we see, we hear the things we hear, but uh, the DeAndre Swift stuff, so many 
just nuances that we don't have access to. And there were so many moments like that in this episode. I'm not jumping ahead, but Hutchinson and Campbell's moment. The, no, we can jump ahead. Yeah, yeah some of the yeah. stuff I too. Mean, and I thought yeah. the Hutchinson stuff was really good. That felt like a year on candid camera moment. Like those guys <laughs> didn't feel like they knew cameras were on them. Maybe they did, but it was just kind of, that was just like a one-on-one -on -one casual conversation of a head coach checking in on his prized rookie. And that's, we're never going to really get to see that unless Hard Knocks is here. And now that we're into this second episode, it's like, holy crap, they're really peeling layers back to this thing and really showing me even more than what I already thought I knew. I mean, we already call these guys genuine and as authentic as can be. And then we actually see them in these one-on-one -on -one situations and these situations in the coach's room where they're supposed to be away from the camera and they're acting like we expect them to act. They're saying the things we expect them to say. It's nice to see the teachers teach and how they teach and how they speak in those moments. It really, I feel like you, you just learn more about them each time out. These episodes are, like you said, riveting and educational as all hell. We got to talk about Malcolm Rodriguez. Rodrigo. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love the Dan Campbell nicknames. There's got to, we got to do a podcast at some point just on the inventory of Dan Campbell nicknames. But yeah, we learned in this episode that Rodrigo is the nickname for Rodriguez, which to me is really funny because it's not even shorter than Rodriguez. <laughs> but sixth round linebacker. 200th and something pick in the draft. I looked it up like a week ago when I was running, I think it was a mailbag. Like 30% of players picked in the sixth mm -hmm. round don't make it out of their rookie camps. And Malcolm Rodriguez is repping with the ones. Not every single first team rep, but he is a, you know, it's first or second team and he's definitely siphoning first team reps away from Derek Barnes and some other guys. And you hang around an NFL team for long enough doing this job and you hear enough coach speak that you begin mm -hmm. to kind of identify it. And the way they talked about Malcolm Rodriguez and what we saw in practice led me to believe it wasn't just coach speak, that there was something real there. It wasn't just sub puff because it was a press conference they're just trying to get through. But watching this episode, man, that like beyond the Swift stuff, like that really jumped out to me that they think this guy is really that good. First of all, you have John Brown saying that Amon Ross is a monster. Like that, I thought that was pretty interesting. John Brown also seems like kind of a loose cannon. So I don't know how much to like put into that. Kevin Durant, man, if Kevin Durant's like sitting around watching Hard Night, <laughs> he's got to be thinking like WTF at this point because like he's catching strays left and right from John Brown. But then you, again, like we, we talked about the Swift thing with Staley in the running backs room. In the linebackers room, you have a challenge from Kelvin Shepard to his guy saying, I think there's two, to me, Ben, there's two things going on. One is how well Malcolm Rodriguez is practicing and he's giving him his due. And look at this and look how hard this guy's hitting and he's doing all the things that we're asking of him. And you saw the big hits in practice and how crazy people were going. They did a nice job of showing some of that stuff that we've been seeing in practice. His instincts are so good, the way he diagnoses plays. Like he, yeah. I don't think he's the fastest guy, but he makes plays really fast because of his instincts and how quickly and decisive he, he plays the game. But you also have this different dynamic of, yo, linebackers, you have a sixth round pick here outplaying all yeah. of you. What's up? Not a first rounder, not a second rounder, not a third rounder. Yo, Malcolm, what round were you? <laughs> sixth round. <laughs> and like at some point, the camera cuts right to Jared Davis, 21st overall pick. <laughs> Can't imagine that was an accident. And Jared came here hoping to revive his career. And I, I just don't see it happening. But Malcolm Rodriguez is also outplaying Derek Barnes, who was here all of last year. I think in some ways he's played better than Alex Anzalone. They play a little bit different positions. Mm. But that is to say that I, I think Kelvin Shepard said it best. Like there's a Kelvin Shepard said, there's a coach that's been here for five years who told me he hasn't seen anyone make plays 
from a stack linebacker position like Rodriguez makes. Like that goes a long way toward saying how well Rodriguez is practicing. And I think it's a good thing for the Lions. But it also goes a long way, Ben, toward shedding some light on how bad the linebacker play has been and how far it still has to go. Yeah, my favorite line from Calvin Shepard was yelling at his guys. Are you really trying to get me to put a rookie, a six-round rookie at the top of the depth chart? Because I will. Because obviously it's been hard to ignore as Rodriguez hype rolling through camp as we can go. The fans really latch on to guys like that. And then you see Hard Knocks really just capture the stuff that we're seeing, we're feeling. Yeah, this kid's a stud in practice. I mean, he gets his first hit in a preseason game and he lays a kick returner on his butt and the crowd goes nuts and just uh little things like that like you said clips of hank fraley saying that 44 man what the heck is going on with that guy kelvin shepherd telling him this year can be whatever you want it to be and like you said he's not the fastest athlete in the world but i do think he's been probably the most consistent linebacker since the pads went on which is terrifying and both a good thing at the same time for that linebacker crew but it's easy to talk about his wrestling pass but i just remember the one moment in the, the preseason game that really stuck out, they said, oh, there's something different about this kid. His hip movement and lateral movement, he's got those weird wrestler hips, and it's just, he's an easy guy to just, you feel the hype surrounding him. And just like I said before, it, I don't want to repeat myself, but just those meeting room moments just feel so real. Just like Shepard just exasperated, screaming at the veterans, screaming at the first round pick, screaming at the fourth round picks. Just like, really, you're going to have this kid be at the top of the depth chart? Don't think I won't do it if he keeps doing this. I mean, he's in the right place where he's supposed to be. He's been getting love since we showed up in the spring watching practices for just how he attacks drills. And that's the stuff that kind of starts to stack on top of each other this time of year and really catch coaches' eyes when a young kid like that is doing things the right way. Like you said, it's scary for the linebacker room, but the kid is actually showing something. It's not just empty hype, and it was cool to see it get captured in real time. That preseason game feels like it was two nights ago, you know? And the hype train, that hype train ain't going nowhere for old Rodrigo. Yeah, I think they have to be careful. Big time. Um, yeah. I was talking with, about that with a different reporter the other day where there's no doubt that Rodriguez is practicing well. Yeah, he played well. I thought nothing in the game the other day, the preseason game. He's going to get a, a lot of love coming out of Hard Knocks. This, this kind of national thing, it's like he's now a name that people know and they're going to be excited to see him. And there's this like expectation that's building mm -hmm. for him. But you have to remember, he's a sixth round pick yeah. for a reason. And if he's starting for you, that probably says something about the, how well he's practiced, but it says maybe even more about the lack of depth at that position. And hey, Ben, maybe I'm just jaded from too many years of covering some of the worst linebacker play that you can imagine. I, I don't even, I barely even remember what it what looks like to cover a good linebacker at the second level. <laughs> I, I think DeAndre Levy was the last one that I covered and his last good year was like maybe 2014 or 15, somewhere in there. That's this a long like four time years ago. before I joined the beat. Yeah, that's a long <laughs> time ago. And so listen, Malcolm Rodriguez, is practicing well, and the Lions should feel, I think the Lions do feel, I, and I wrote this in my analysis coming out of Hard Knocks, the second episode. I get Amon Ra vibes mm. from this whole thing, not in terms of the player, they're different players and stuff, but like in terms of they think they got a late round steal. And they think that because when Amon Ra showed up last summer, there was a veteranness to him. Like he, he was a rookie who was making rookie mistakes. And we saw that in the season. He needed like half the season to like really find his feet. But there was like a veteranness to how he went about his business. There's a workman like kind of attitude to him that just going about his business in a quiet, steady, consistent sort of way. Like you saw the foundation of the player that was there. It wasn't like, no, no, it, it was just like, it was easy to see the person, the player that he already was and the player that he could be, that he was tough as nails, that he was 
He was going to be a productive guy, and he was. It was just easy to see, even going mm. back over the summer, even if he needed some refinement. I think there's some of that in Malcolm Rodriguez. I sense that. Like, he needs refinement. He's going to need refinement. Maybe a full year of it. I don't know what he's going to be. This year, this is what I'm trying to say is if Malcolm Rodriguez is your guy in training camp, your number one guy, that probably says as much about the linebackers that you have as it does him. Because a six-round pick shouldn't be carrying that much on his shoulders. But having said that, watching him in practice, there's a workman-like kind of thing to him. Like he just practices well, he just plays well, he just makes plays. There's a consistency to him. And I'm not predicting he's going to have the best rookie season ever, yeah. like Amon Ra did. But I think there's a lot to like there. I do think there's a lot to worry about, though, too. I just have not been impressed by the linebackers in camp. And I think there's a hope, Ben, that the defensive line play will be better with Hutchinson and so forth in the fold. But if they're not, man, it could be a long year on defense because I just, the back end has some question marks, especially with some of the health issues back there and Jeff Okuda being a little bit up and down. And then the heart of the defense, I just see a bunch of question marks right now. Yeah, I know it was an exhibition game, but I think the Falcons quarterbacks ran for 120 yards and one touchdown and bailed the offense out on every single third and medium, third and long chance they had because it's just, like you said, I'm curious to see how the Lions manage the Rodriguez hype train too because, you know, the hard knocks love, all the focus locally and now nationally. I mean, if this could, you know, yeah, they, they really have to temper that for sure. I don't know how you temper that, especially when you're saying this year can be whatever you want it to be. But uh, like I said, it's part good, it's part bad because the linebacker play has been kind of you know this is what we expected coming in they didn't really breathe a ton of resources into that room outside of rodriguez and here rodriguez is already climbing the depth chart jumping guys who are supposed to be making year two jumps jumping former first round picks looking better than established veteran starters at time and like you said he's not perfect there's going to be a lot of rookie growing at times and i'm sure we'll see it in these next preseason games but i love that comparison of saint brown just the personality standpoint how they approach practice standpoint because rodriguez rodriguez hits his teammates like he hits the other team's kick returners i mean he just there's just no off switch he's got like you said it perfectly so i don't need to hit the hammer over that at him over and over again the guy the guy's a worker so going forward ben yeah. we kind of wrapped up season you know episode one the same way talking about things we want to see going forward i mentioned malcolm rodriguez <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was and here we are so i held that one so going into to, to episode three what, what are your what are your expectations or hopes that you'll see going forward that maybe yeah, because we're in the trenches, right? You see this right. team every day, as I do, and we're down here in, in Indiana covering the joint practices with the Colts. We have a good idea, I think, of what's going on. We're also seeing hard knocks play out. Just curious, maybe storylines people can look out for going into episode three. Yeah, obviously, uh, I don't know if it was a tease of Frank on the fishing boat. I feel like we didn't get enough of that. I'm really looking forward to good old Frank being able to show his personality, especially in his domain. And I think one of the things we talked to when we finished watching the episode tonight or talked to each other about was, does this team have a starting quarterback? Yeah. I know Jared Goff is in a beloved presence here in Detroit, but he's not a hated one by any means. I'm sure fans want to see their starting quarterback. I'm just really curious how long it's going to take to see the starting quarterback get featured on the show that's bringing it behind the scenes of the team heading into the 2022 season. The game's most premium position, the biggest question mark long-term for this franchise moving forward. Uh, I think we need to see a little more Jared Goff behind the scenes and let the fans and even us get a little peek at who that dude is outside of the team facility, see how he reacts with the cameras following him around. Is it real? Is it authentic and all that stuff? And yeah, pretty much that. Hopes are Frank fishing more and realistic work-like expectations are to see more out of the starting quarterback and get get a feel for Goff moving forward. Yeah, it's inevitable, right? We'll see Goff at some point. Franchise-type quarterback. I, and obviously, he's practiced really well. And they haven't even shown that kind of stuff yet. And it's a huge component of whether they'll be any good this year or not. 
And I think he has some redemption on mind. I mean, he played so poorly in the first half of last year. He caught a lot of flack for it, including from us. Played really well down the stretch. They promoted full-time Ben Johnson to offensive quarter and play call. And there's been a, some good synergy there. I, that, this kind of stuff we haven't seen whatsoever in Hard Knocks yet. And this is usually the kind of stuff that this kind of thing gravitates toward. People love quarterbacks. They're easy to follow. Everyone knows who Jared Goff is. The trade last year was a huge deal. And they just haven't gotten into any of that stuff. And I assume we'll see it at some point. Beyond that, though, when we talked to Shannon Furman, the director, uh, a few weeks ago for the podcast, she had mentioned featuring the offensive line, which makes a lot of sense because, I mean, they have some good good personalities up there. You mentioned Frank and the fishing thing, but like really talented, too. It's the strength of this team. It's the cornerstone of this rebuild Mm -hmm. going forward. And we've barely seen it outside of Frank in a fishing boat for about 90 seconds. You got Panay Sewell, who was a really intriguing rookie last year. Very good player, really good personality, huge trash talker. Big time. There are some joint practices this week, <laughs> perhaps you've heard. And so I think he's a prime candidate, Panay Sewell. And, and the offensive line in total, they played really well yeah. in the opener too. It's the building block of this team. Then they teased right at the end of this episode, you saw Hank Fraley, the offensive line coach, and his son, and some pretty cute moments like getting out of bed in a hotel training camp, driving into the Lions facility. The kid was talking some trash. I thought it was hilarious. This kid's like 11, 12 years old, talking trash to like Panay Sewell. And then they cut to him saying something to Frank Ragnow. And Frank Ragnow's just like, dude, your trash talk sucks. <laughs> it's like a 12 year old. But that is just to say, I think they're teasing some moments with the offensive line. I think we'll see much more of that going forward, which would make a lot of sense because it's a huge component of not only this team, but this like rebuilds like mm-hmm. going yeah, and if we've learned anything from the first episode of the second episode, it's that the HBO Hard Knocks crew is pretty good at teasing us. We got a taste of Rodriguez last week doing some dancing and stuff like that, and maybe one liner, and then boom, this week, he's one of the featured players. They're good at their jobs. I'll leave it at that. They're pretty good at putting those shows together. Great teases. It's been an enjoyable watching experience for something that we cover. We do this every single freaking day, it feels like, year round, and just to actually be sitting back and enjoying this as a television show while also treating it as work is a... It's been a good ride. It's been a good ride. I think that's what we got. We're, like I said, just to remind folks, we're down in Indiana covering joint practices. The Lions practice with the Colts on Wednesday and Thursday, rest day on Friday, preseason game number two on Saturday. Lots of storylines track. You and I will be all over it for better or worse. After tearing up Noblesville. Yeah, no (laughs) doubt. Big city life. Okay, that's what we got. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we will see you next week for episode three. This has been Ben Raven and Kyle Mikey of MLive's Detroit Lions Beat. Thank you for listening to the Dungeon of Doom, an MLive Detroit Lions podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google. Like I said, wherever you get them and listen to them, make sure to subscribe to the Dungeon of Doom. Thanks again. (laughs) 